Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to Douche Nation. Let's go. What is up, Xavier Nation? The Roll Blob Podcast is back. The quarantine content that you did not want or need at all is now at your disposal. So if you find yourself here, you're really, really scraping the bottom of the barrel for quarantine content. But that's essentially why we're here. We're bored. We have nothing to do. Um, <laughs> we want to talk Xavier Hoops probably as badly as you might want to hear about it if you find yourself listening to this. Um, and that's what I did today. So me and my, my boy Andy Piccarello from Twitter um, just kind of chopped it up, talking Xavier Hoops, talking how the season went, our expectations for next year, what we were excited about, and uh, shared some some beautiful March memories in this uh, this dark, dark time. But uh, So throw your gloves on, wash your hands, and let's uh, let's go ahead and get after it. Here's my conversation with Andy Piccarillo, where I'd say we stayed mostly on topic. It was such a fucking disappointing team. Like, <laughs> it's just like, bro, it fucking sucked. I thought this was going to be a good year. Uh, I, I think frustrating is an understatement. I know we had Chuck Pios. I mean, I know AP poll doesn't really matter, but being pre-ranked in the top 25 pre-season, Dude. and then falling off of being the last team, maybe. Right. It, it, I don't know how you think, but I think that if there actually had been an NCAA tournament, maybe flip a coin, you know? Like, it, it, like um, from what I saw, like, I think there were 75, um, like, respected bracketologists, 39 had us in. Like, we were literally flirting with that that 50%. Like, there was literally a coin flip. Jeez, like, like, yeah, I think the fact that, like, to me, bro, it's not acceptable for the talent on that roster. Like, I'm sorry, like, I love Trav, I still believe in Trav, but I feel like this year was a complete misstep. Like, it's hard for me to make an excuse. It was a full step. Like, I mean, uh, I will I will tell you, obviously, Trav does deserve some blame. I know people know I'm very vocal, and I will defend Travis to the death. I mean, I do believe that it's still right. too early to make a legitimate judgment, but he does deserve some blame. I do think the upper class and deserve a lot of blame as well. I mean, oh, no uh, I think that's a really good point. Like, we reached January before we really had a true leader out there. I mean, Paul Scruggs and Tyreek Jones kind of um, took, like, the co-leadership. Tyreek was, like, more of the energy man. Paul was yeah. the glue guy. Uh, but we really didn't have those identities from our upperclassmen until about January after the Seton Hall game. Like, hey, we can't have that. I know, and I can't lie. I felt differently about this season, too. I mean, you've got two organic seniors. Like, last year was weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, last year was definitely not, like, the Xavier basketball blueprint, you know? It's like, we had a bunch of grad transfers come in. We just had, you know, we had Paul and freaking uh, 
Well, we had a good core group of returning, but no real seniors. Like, if you look at every successful major team, we've had real four-year seniors, also probably a lot of, you know, three-year juniors. And it was a lot of roster with grad transfers. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Q didn't develop the way we thought he was going to. Um, it's hard to and I, actually, Q, I'm going to talk about Q a little bit later. Um, Q really wasn't set up for success, like, with his play style. So, I mean, I'll, I plan on touching on him. I'll give going more depth on him later. Uh, right. But, I mean, he, it, it was a very disappointing season. I'm sure he was disappointed as well the way it um, put it out. But, I mean, there probably is very good reason behind that. Exactly. I will say one thing, though. If Travis, if anything else, his season definitely improves. I guess the season's gone just – I mean, last year was way different, but I remember last year just thinking, like, the wheels are going to fucking fall off. This is fast, you know? Like, maybe the team was yeah, dead. Exactly. He found a way to check on the tracks. I mean, it wasn't it was as pretty, you know, per se, but um, he found a way to keep a train on the tracks, and he got a lot of uh, a lot of adversity for our, our new coach, and obviously with having a whole fucking recruiting class all through, and Oh, she's got to deal with being in the Big East, and you know the Big East was a gauntlet. I think you know, if you a regular year, this team might have done a lot better because the Big East was a fucking gauntlet. If, if we're going to be A10, like a lot of our, like every other coach got to start it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, people talked about how Mack and Miller like succeeded almost immediately, and they played in the A10 and had talented roster from the from the team before. Oh, like, Travis just turned to the fucking Wolves. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, Jordan Foster. Yeah. It's a little different. A little different. Yeah, yeah. McInerney is one of the yeah. most talented teams we've had, and I mean, he still did a great job of building the program after it. Essentially, like once he had the once Miller's guys went out and Mac had to bring his guys in, he did a phenomenal job of building it back up. We got to give Travis Steele the same opportunity. You know, he's recruits left and right, and we're we're the leading school um, for a top seventy-five recruiter right now. Yeah. Like the this coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job bringing guys in. We just gotta bring them together. Talking about Cornish. <laughs> what was that? Talking about Cornish. Yeah. 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 Is doing a freaking job, dude. I feel like every day that Jonah Chase doesn't go to another school or like, like I, I don't, I don't know yeah. how long he can end up spending a huge commodity to do. He can fucking recruit. Good God. Right. Every year we have Jonas Hayes is a fucking gift. Like, I thought <laughs> for sure, like, the exact same way, dude. I saw Chase top target. <laughs> Every day, I'm like, we, we got him for another day, boys. We got him for another day. Right. So anybody who hears this, anytime you see Jonas Hayes, like, post something about his family, I right, wish them a happy birthday. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, right? I will, I will fucking give Jonas Hayes the entire fucking family. I don't give a shit if they bust your stuff in the room. We made some call his cousin's birthday. I don't give a shit. Bringing more to one of them. Don't give a fuck. Happy birthday to Travis Hayes' sophomore college roommate. Jonas Hayes is a great grandmother. I don't give a fuck. Stay on the trail, Hayes. Say happy birthday. Happy fucking birthday. Stay on the fucking trail, boy. I fucking love him, dude. Like, oh, it doesn't have to be well. And, and too, like, the pieces are going to fit so much better, bro. Like, he, he 
really kind of had to scrape things together. Um, he did, bro. Like, I think we all expected the transfer, the transfer to be a little bit better. Like, oh, I mean, I, I expected a little bit more out of out of Rice more. I mean, I, I expected he'd be a great three and D guy, but he was phenomenal on the D side. He had like, his defense was, a, was not the best. He was a pest out there. Good to be phenomenal on the D side. And then, uh, like his his three point shot, like. <laughs> It, it seemed a little broken at times. You're right. Like, it, was, it, was, oh, God, it was frustrating. But like, it was there a lot. I felt like he was gaining momentum. And then he just, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I was on a fucking warship for, like, three months of the season. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> fucking trash. Um, but it seemed like he fell off for, like, over a month. And I felt like he was building momentum. He was playing good defense. He was shooting the ball well. It's all you needed to do. Just stand there and make shots. That's all you needed to do. Um, like, and, like, you move around that defense. Yeah, and I thought it was a month stretch he was just not doing shit. Yeah. And you are absolutely correct. Like, I mean, towards the end of the East season, uh, I mean, I think there was like a week or two that he didn't even score. He went like a month without hitting a three. And it's like, it's he was taking good shots. I mean, he's not forcing it, which is exactly what we need him to do. We need him to right. shoot. So I have no problem with him taking the shots, but he would get so much arc on it. He'd put so much back in on it. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. like a fucking yeah. rock. I know. <laughs> I think it's all that fucking weight, dude. Like, I think you put a ball with me, like, a ping pong ball and like, a metal ball. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, it's, 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 take a day off, dude. Skip on there, though. Like, fucking relax. Right. Fucking guy. There's like, I think I got a fucking bike out. He's launching fucking threes. Like, fucking relax, my dude. <laughs> and he like uh, use his whole body. I mean, he wouldn't necessarily like, use his whole body to get strength, but he would. It was like he jumped with his legs and like roll it with the torso, then right. Uh, flick it with his wrist. Yeah, coach, coach, I need you to coach him up a little bit. I know, I know your basketball coach. I need you, I need you to coach him up. Yeah. Hey, shooting was my specialty. I'm working with a lot of my kids on that right now. Let's be real. I think the Bengals use likes more more than more than musty chest. Likes more strong figure. Right. I have like, I mean, as much as I love to Bernard, I mean, have him fill that role. Dude, a little, that's a little honestly, he's built like a fucking tank, dude. But anyway, it, it, it just sucks too because I feel like he keeps, he's in sports, you know. I think like Malcolm Bernard, you know, and like their senior year, it's like they want to turn it on. It's their first chance on a real big stage and the urgency and the, the, they feel the clock ticking. And I feel like we saw that with Malcolm Bernard, like some kind of like fucking, some switch flip, you know. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned Malcolm Bernard because that was another team that that team kind of fell apart. We lost six straight and barely stuck in the tournament. I think that's a, a pretty decent comparison. Without Malcolm Bernard, bro, that team falls the fuck apart, bro. Because, like, they're missing, missing Trey for, what, six games or something like that? It was bummed. And then, obviously, when Ed was yeah. down. Losing Ed, I thought the season was, like, oh, Ed was surging right there. And then, oh, so good. Really good. I thought it was. I, I thought that that was the end of us having like a, an elite team. I thought we should still keep it a yeah. make a tournament. Um, I knew Trey and JP on help a combo, but I didn't know Malcolm could be that good. Malcolm was as bad as good for that stretch that I've ever seen a transfer be. He was fucking disgusting. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, uh, like, and we do not get that far without Malcolm Burton. No, that's what not a lot of people do not understand. Definitely don't need to like, tournament. I definitely don't understand. Like, Trey and JP were on fire as as we could have ever like, did, they did everything we possibly could have asked for. 
Sean O'Mara like played an incredible role like, as that Sean O'Mara is still underrated blue guy. He he wasn't he, he never he never looked out of the stats. I mean, dude, he's so good. Like he's so efficient though. He was so fucking efficient. He shot what like seventy one percent from the floor. Something ridiculous, dude. Something. And then too, we had he he only dealt with like three man big man. Like we would have like him, Rasheed Jackson, and fucking Tyreek, or him, fucking James Farr, Jalen Reynolds. You know, he would always be in a huge fucking big man roster stuff. And he was always. Number three too, but he did not because of his role. And he came in and he did some dirty work. I mean, he kind of scored a few buckets. His senior year, bro, I'm telling you, if it would have only been like two big men, he would have put up big numbers. He probably would, and he, he was a great, great big. And I'm, I, I'm going to be honest, like I really was not a fan of him when he first started. I mean, I thought like, he was like, like very slow, and I'm like, he doesn't really do anything. But like, as the more I watched him, like this dude does everything we ask him to. Dude, he's like, really he's, smart. He's really efficient. You know, I think he's a guilty team player because he could have he could have somewhere else and been very featured in the offense. He's very willing to transfer, and the fact that we kept bringing in freshmen and grad transfers that just honestly pushed him down to number three. Exactly. He, he, he in the second half of the season, I was like, I thought every time he gave it a shot, something could happen. I remember just being like, give him a fucking ball, dude. Like, let him just go. Give him fucking ten attempts. You know, put the ball in the feet of him. Yeah, you know I mean, just fucking give it a shot. I never thought I'd I'd say the word Sean Romero. Dude, he's a beast. He had a very, like, I mean, he wasn't as good at the end. He might have been if he had been more featured. But, yeah, I remember his freshman year, I'm like, oh, here's another Jason Love, dude. Fucking A. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Love was so bad with freshmen. Oh, my God. (laughs) I remember the day of my dad, my dad was oh my fucking favorite, man. I'm like, yeah, no, he's bad. <laughs> he ended up being fucking all right. He averaged, what, like, four minutes a game? Like, his freshman year? That's a reason for it. Yeah, it was not good. They're definitely, <laughs> like, he's one, just like, we, pra- we praise Don James. We love Don James. Like, we love the fighters, dude. Like, they even just love those guys. Around. Love the underdogs. Put in the work. The fighting Elias Harden. The fighting Don James. I'd have mixed feelings, I'm gonna be honest, but I mean I mean it's not realistic at all. I am I'm fucking around. But it would have been funny. It's not I mean he's he also got in a little bit of trouble. But he wouldn't have longer back. That's the thing. That's fucking great, but <laughs> anyway, bro, so it's definitely a disappointing season, but, like, um, it's tough. I think we're going in the right direction. I mean, I think Trax is bringing the right guys in. I think it's going to be a completely different personnel and a totally different look next year. I think I think you're still kind of setting some building blocks next season, but I want to much to think about we're, uh, what we're expecting for next year. Oh, oh, for sure. Um, so next year, I mean, I, I was going to be taking a little bit of a new system. Like, this year we had guys that, Really didn't spread the floor all that often. We had I mean, great guys, great drivers of the best, like Najee Marshall, and he, even Clinton Gooden. Like, yeah. They could get to the best, but we couldn't really spread, spread the floor as much. I mean, we had uh, Kiki, obviously, and then I mean, Bryce Moore, that was his role, but I mean, obviously he fell off. And then Fremantle started hitting a little bit later. God, I love We're that. Gonna have <laughs> God, I, I love that. I, I was it's waiting so, much. so long to say, to say the word Fremantle. Like, he had like I saw the three Did he had three games of eighteen points this year? At, at least two. 
But I thought I was going through the stats. He had a couple of big games this year, man. And one one of them was um, the DePaul game, the last game of the season. I know. I mean, yeah. and, like, it, I, we weren't in that position without him. I also looked up his like, second half of the season stats, bro, because he, he got way better. And he was already <laughs> he, he, he found his footing, man. He's going to be good. <laughs> he's just done. I'm a I'm a huge three mantle guy. Uh, and the fact that we were able to get him starting minutes his freshman year that is huge. And as a guy who was probably I mean probably thought of as one like our third or fourth best recruit. I mean we had Kiki, Don Bishop right. and they were all kind um, of Daniel Ramsey. Yeah, they were all kind of around the top 100. But I remember Fremantle being like, I think he was 98-ish. I think I think he was our second highest. I think Kiki was in like the high 70s, and then Fremantle I think was the other one that was like, well, I think Dawa too. But I think he and Fremantle were really close together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I remember uh, when uh, he first came in. I'm like, all right, it'll be a good like uh, third big to throw in there. But he ended up being a starter and. That, that was huge for him, and him like he he went out and earned that first that um, first team all freshman Big East team. Yeah, like, yeah. so the fact we got two time. freshmen in there, yeah. exactly huge. Yeah. And then oh fuck, sorry. Uh, so, something I was going to be. <laughs> it's it's it actually is exciting. Like I know a lot of Xavier fans are very disappointed and frustrated, and like they have they're very down. the whole energy of the. Um, Centaur yeah. Center was down, and th- th- there was reason for that. I mean, we're used to coming in and just flying through the regular season, going on great tournament runs. That's what we're used spoiled. to. That's what we've been spoiled with. We're super it's spoiled. We had our Like I felt like a lot of Xavier people. Was, I'm gonna be out there, me included. I was like, all right, we paid our dues. We had our shitty season. We've got four upperclassmen returning, but we had almost an entire team coming back. We were legit by the end of the season, like a top forty-five team. And I remember Snow saying that he's like, there's not another team in the country in the top 45 that returns every single starter, like every single big piece. And I mean, they're returning. And the thing, you look at that roster, bro, that's like, on any other talented, it's like, it's like, hell yeah, I would take Clinton Ziggy or Paul Scruggs or Najee Marshall or Tyler Jones any day of the fucking week. You know? Like, and that, that, that right there is an elite roster. Exactly. Right. I mean, from a, from a straight talent perspective, and, it's like look at the recruiting rankings. You look at anything down, any one of any gauge of talent you want to take, anything objective. I mean, if you have a roster with four fucking organic top 100 recruits, I mean, especially Paul Scruggs and Nazi, they're both top 50, you know? And then you get them in as juniors and seniors, I mean, it's, it's easy to have those expectations. And, I mean, we, we grew them up. We, we had our tough season. They took their lumps. You know, they, they learned how to step into a new role after we lost two of the program's best fucking players of all time. And, uh, and you know, I'm like, all right, they're going to be back. We're going to get a, get past all that bullshit. That was just a one-year thing. And now we're going to fucking start dominating in 25 games and, you know, make two sixteen maybe, you know. Um, and I had those exact same thoughts. Like, I was, yeah. I was like, when the season, like, even watching in Spain, like, this season is going to be something Dude. special. I was so excited. Oh. I thought we were a very deep team as well. It oh, ended up not being much like that. Um, and I remember just thinking if one transfer ends up panning out, two plays decent ball from gold, three fifteen, gold. <laughs> and I thought I thought Najee was going to be able to uh, shoot a little bit better, um, and I I, I plan on him being one of the guys that we can stretch the floor with. Uh, and and, 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 and Jubo, this is 
a completely different story if Paul Strong doesn't get hurt. If Paul Strong doesn't get hurt, maybe we win two of those three games and maybe we're not even having this conversation. You know? If it still would have been a Paul little Strong get hurt, we absolutely won two of the three. That's not going to – I, I, we obviously beat the ball. Like, oh, no question. We, we absolutely beat the ball. The ball. I think we, honestly, I think we won all three. Like, I think you might be right. I'm not going to guarantee you win against Providence, but I think we would beat Butler with Paul out there. And then Mackin has gotten you like an eight seed. You know what I'm saying? It's like a lot of us, some people even had us on the, the uh, not like eight or nine line. I, I right. saw us more as like a ten seed. I think but, so. I mean, we were The position we were in before that three game skid, though, was like, like what? Ten ish? Ten, ten seed, give or take? So if we yeah, win all three of those, Moe's had us at a 10 seed. Yeah. I mean, Moe had us at 11. I mean, Lenardi had us out, but he's an idiot, so. Dude, he's he's fucking don't fucking think about it. What the fuck is up hit up Lenardi's ass? Dude, I'm <laughs> fucking Lenardi's a fucking idiot. It's a big thing. ESPN does not have the big, big East contract. He would be, like, a, a, like an outlier from the average by, like, 15 spots. Like, <laughs> dude, like, everybody would have games in, like, the fucking, I don't know, whatever, whatever the number is, 30 to 34 range, whatever the fuck you want to say. And when Marty would have, like, 52. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you on, dude? And then I'm like, too, like, Cincinnati, he's just not even bummed up. And, like, they haven't beat literally anyone. And, dude, they had horrible losses. And they had, like, two more wins than Vader. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, it, it made that I so uh, and they went on a little surge in the American conference. I mean, and I'm to be honest, I think Xavier and Cincinnati were on like very similar paths. I mean, they so were. We didn't lose I, I think they were able to the green line. <laughs> and uh, the fact that they had the same amount of quad one wins and four more quad three losses, like Larry just showed he has no idea what, uh, like, oh, no idea what he's talking about. You have you must be Colgate at home. You can't watch a three quarter court shot with six seconds left. Dude, that is the funniest highlight I've ever fucking seen, dude. That shit is so fucking funny. Uh-huh. Aaron Cumberland's I and then the fact that like they were oh, we have two Cumberlands now and like, all all summer like we have two Cumberlands one just flung one like flung one full court with seven seconds left and the other just fouled a dude intentionally yeah. with two seconds left. It sounds like Jaron got it going one time. I'm still kinda of getting caught up on everything. And I was in a fucking cave just that I had like a week ago, but uh God, that first half of that piece of the Cumberland is fucking awesome. <laughs> Doing exactly what you need to do. It was kind of embarrassing. I mean, I, I will give credit where credit is due. He did uh, have a great end of the season, but that first half was hysterical. And, oh, like, whether he was injured or not, he was making mental mistakes. Oh, I you can't know. have that with a senior. Gary in street clothes and, like, talking shit on, like, on Twitter, low key. Dude, that shit was so funny. The half court shot alone, bro. Oh, my God, he got Colgate. Oh, fucking pure gold. Pure fucking gold. Fucking funny. Moving on a little bit, let's get off the fucking negativity train here because we've covered it. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, even that's frustrating. So there were good moments this season, though. I mean, there, there definitely were some good qualities. I mean, we had Dr. Marshall buzzer beaters. We won the fucking shootout. So, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't 
a monumental collapse. It was definitely an, an underperforming season, um, but not a monumental collapse. So what were some of the, the moments that stuck out to you? So um, a couple of the best games we had. Uh, I mean, obviously, the UConn game, that was really the first one that was, like, yeah. I offered so much adversity. We saw a Nazi buzzer beater on the Villanova play. Yeah. That, ended up, that was our go-to play when we needed that, a three, and it worked every time. Dude. That game is fucking after Shout out to the fucking UConn fan base. Yeah. That, that was a great start to what is going to be a very, very fun in-conference rivalry. And yeah. it's going to so, be a rivalry based off of respect and fun and just pure shit talk. Their shit talk is incredible. Dude, that thing like, is so out out players, That thing is a legend. so funny, dude. I fucking love that thing. I can't even, I can't even lie. I fucking love it. Like, I, 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 like, they're our best friends. Maybe we did, but we hate them, but I fucking love them. But when we play him, I fucking hate him. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I told him, my, they my are, sister goes to Florida. When we played her, I told her to be not my sister for the day. Exactly. <laughs> and they're, dude, and they, they're, they're fucking ruthless, dude. They'll go at every single thing that they're going to take to do. So they're going to be days when we fucking hate them, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all love. It's, it's all fun. It's all love. I mean, yes, what they're saying is fact. I mean, but a, a true factual shit talk, like, that you can't respond. Like, you don't have a good response. Like, that. Like, hey, like, we beat Villanova out here, you know? 
We did, yeah. yeah. And I feel like the back there was we'll doing a punch and punch with that game last the day. That year, I mean, I felt like we were just getting a little nervous that year, you know, like maybe they were tanks ahead of us. We were just, we were right on that level. And it's like, hey, if they can win championships with that formula, hell, why can't we? Exactly. And the fact that cause before that season, I said, you know, Villanova, they, they just they really just shoot. They live and die by the three. They're not going to shoot that well for six games. Right. There's no way they win a national championship. Then they fucking did. And put my foot in my mouth. And, yeah, that's like, 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 Yeah. 
that Tyreek didn't get like his like senior senior moment, you know. I he was probably the biggest robbery. He was uh, fucking incredible. incredible. He was uh, the greatest savior they've ever had a ball song. I'm for sure. Like he also from like his first two years, I mean, I kind of wrote off a little bit. I mean, I felt he was gonna have more of a Sean America career, like not very great stats. But I mean, he was he was a great freshman. I mean. I remember he had another game against Florida State. Like he had moments where I was like, "Oh shit, this kid can this kid can play." But he, he did. I was, it was it was his whole junior year. Like really got his body right, and I was like, "Okay, that's exactly." He was like, more athletic, and yeah, he was also great. Like, his touch wasn't great last year, but his touch was healthy, and his his touch on the basket was amazing this year. Like, well, folks, getting involved in that too. Yeah, and the fact that he had a face up game as well, exactly. he turned into an absolute beast. And the way he was just a catch and dump player. I mean, he had no movement. And he actually had a big freshman year for a freshman year. But, yeah, and he, he was able to, I think our great position was getting that rebound. He couldn't jump the way he could today, but that just goes with losing yeah. that weight and turning that weight around. He broke his money off that weight. He was fucking full of big news. He was an animal. He was a big And he was really under the line getting those rebounds. Dude, and he was, Tyreek is not 6'7". Tyreek is like 6'5". But, dude, there's like standing dunks, bro. He was just fucking full bro. A lot of fucking Jalen Reynolds fucking vibes, dude. Like, oh my fucking god, he's a monster. <laughs> uh, I, you can tell he was a dog out there. And like, I, I, there were some dunks he had this year that I thought were going to break the backboard. Oh my god, I know. He's just fucking vicious, dude. And then, uh, he, he was an underage jump blocker, too. He had some nasty fucking blocks. Oh my, like, I watched one of the highlights today from, uh, uh, um, from the lost files on some down the park play, uh, the final seconds against UConn when in the first OT, oh my they, God. they drove to the basket. Tyree just comes out of nowhere and just swats the shit out of that fucking floater, dude. That thing was up there, dude. Oh. That went to the fucking stands. He fucking batted that shit, dude. <laughs> dude, him and Fremantle was blocking fucking everything in that game. Like, oh, man, not like, it, it's like we could do no wrong defensively that game. I didn't, I really wanted Teddy to have, like, a much magic chance. Like, I, I, re- I really wanted that for him. But uh, at the same time, there was a lot of people that were around that chance. Shout out to Dave. But a lot of people, I mean, Miles Cow <laughs> lost that. <laughs> fucking Dave. Lamar Baldwin lost that. <laughs> fucking Dave, bro. Oh my God! I mean, oh God, damn! It. I have a lot of fun with Dayton fans here, but I just really feel bad for some of them. They just a hundred years and never have a season like this. But the one fucking year was kind of canceled. Right? Oh, exactly. Right? My God! They were one season. They they were talented enough. They had the most, one of the most efficient offenses in the country. There was at one point where they had the most efficient offense in the country as far as shot quality and shot making.
if, if they do get that good, come on in. We love competition. Yeah, they love to have another, let's be real, let's have another two, three, four, five, like, legit, really solid season. That happens. This might be a flip on the radar, but I think the NBA Rams got a roll. We'll see what they do. Oh, oh, for sure. And, I mean, with, uh, especially with, like, I, mean, I know there are a couple of coaches that I mean, may have saved their jobs or um, the coaching carousel probably, uh, like, Shaka Storm probably saved Anthony Grant from any conversation going to Texas. Very like, true. He probably saved his job. Um, the D-line coming back, that'll take some uh, that'll take some conversation away. So I think he's probably going to stay there for a little while. And if he can run three or four, five good seasons, then and Dayton could be a, a national prominence like, in the near, for the near future. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely do that. They definitely have a chance. So, all right, so we're bringing in a, a pretty big class. We've got Colby Jones, Duan Odom, and T.J. Wiltshire. What are you excited about for the way the makeup of the team might look next year with, you know, maybe a Kiki Tandy, Duan Odom, um, backcourt? What are you what are you looking like for the uh the blueprint of the, of the year next year? What are you excited for? So the 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 thing I'm really excited for is the fact that we're going to have such an explosive offense and be able to spread the floor. We're gonna be able to move oh, yeah. the ball a lot more than we were this year. Like we uh, watched one of the highlights from uh, one of the older years, I think 2004, that guy Ball was attacking the zone. We're going to be able to do that again, and we're going to be able to hit quick threes. I mean, Kiki's got a quick trigger, and he learned how to shoot off the dribble as well. He kind of figured that out a little bit more toward the end of the year. Look for him to drive maybe. Um, he can score from all three levels, so maybe look for him to drive and kick to Dwan. And uh, we, we got C.J. Wilcher and Colby Jones who, can, who are a little bit – Bigger wing, bigger wings that they can shoot as well. We'll be able to move the ball a lot better and completely we'll be able to a much higher efficiency. Completely different makeup. And, and part of it depends on freshmen. But if we can make some positive steps this year, if uh, I think Duran Odom is going to be ready to play college ball, I think he's going to be ready to be a star from the jump. And he's going to be a very so anti to Kiki this year. Yeah, I think you're on him. Yeah. And, and that's, if he can come coming off the bench like that, then, and he, he may be the one that I'd be thinking to maybe put into the starting lineup if, if maybe if we need a little bit of a change next year. Yeah. Um, but as far as right now, like full time of him coming off the bench and providing a great spark, same with Wilcher and Colby. Um, I think a big uh, a big thing to look for, and I, I think it is likely too, Paul coming back. Yeah, that, that's Paul coming back. Uh, that's pretty, yeah. That's going to change the outlook of the season, for sure. Uh, we could have a special season. I mean, we, we, we will be young. There's Xavier fans, like, it could be a struggle at the start. We will be very, very young. Right. But we are. We will have a very talented squad, and we'll have the leadership of Paul, and we ha- we'll have a sophomore in Fremantle who already has three minutes, and we'll, we'll return three starters. But Jason Carter, um, we'll have we'll That's have an interesting way to look at like Right. So, so like we'll we'll have we'll have a young team with a, with some good experience. I mean that, that that could be that could be a great tournament team. I mean I do expect, if Paul comes back, I do see us as a tournament team, uh, with the capability of making a run. I think so, we've got a. Mm-hmm. I think Paul is one that kind of bought into kind of well. I mean he bought in a lot better than Nabi did, and we right. we kind of saw that because. I think lose focus and kind of focus a little more on the NBA scouting team. Right? I love these guys, and I, I love every player that's ever played David. I appreciate everything that comes to the program. Some thousands of times more than you or I ever do. Just 
me just fucking watching shit and fuck around on Twitter. But I think it's kind of, I think it, I think the program's ready to turn into the release, and I, I'm kind of excited for it. Just kind of a change in mentality, change in fucking same culture. I think I think we're kind of ready for that. I think it's just kind of gotten a little stale. I think it's just really good for both parties to kind of move on. And I think we're kind of ready for it next step. But I think you're right. I think the way I perceive it, the way it looks like right now, is I think you're looking at like a 70% chance that Paul comes back just the way that, the way that I'm reading the TV. And uh, if he does, I think he's a legit tournament team, hopefully. He's got a four, but I think it's a different, a different culture, different one next year. I think you're definitely a tournament team with some upside. And if he doesn't return, I think you're going to have take your lumps, but you're also setting the table for a really good year stretch after that. So, oh, yes, if Paul returns, I'm like, we'll be probably the youngest team in the Big East. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, the Big East is going to be a gauntlet again. Uh, Creighton and Bill are the preseason number one and two teams in the country. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a piece again. And, and, I mean, Creighton, they, they still have Zegarowski. Um, yeah, they're um, too. They're loaded, dude. They are fucking they, loaded. They have some shooters. They, they are have some shooters. And, I mean... Villanova, they they get they get Gillespie back again. I feel like he's like thirty five years old. Dude, he's coming back. Sure, nice um, dude. He's been there for fucking ever. <laughs> they they likely will lose to Deke Bay, so that kind of helps us out. But they still have Jermaine Samuels. Deke Bay, that fucking good. I I don't know. I did not expect him to be that good. I remember seeing him as a freshman. Like, what the? Because they do it all over to Deke Bay. I'm sure you remember. And it was just like, I thought if Dave Gottman would have been a decent piece, like, maybe in an ideal world as good as not even Marshall's freshman year, but I would have never expected him to be as good as he was. Not at all. Like, I did not expect that at all. Like, that, and Villanova brought this guy in, and I thought he'd be a, a good role player, like, kind of like uh, uh, Josh Hart was on that, uh, on their, uh, like, their first championship season. Yep, like he was a very good role player off the bench, and then instead of bringing the carry by seniors, Sadiq Ferry was a guy. Like, <laughs> was under, like he was on everybody's scouting report. Was he a sophomore year? Or a junior? Oh, man. I, I, I don't, don't put me on that. I think he was a sophomore. I think he was a sophomore, dude. Like, I mean, he's young. But it has been good. Oh, he, he was a sophomore. He was in the same class as Cole Swider. It has been nice that Cole Swider wasn't as good as – he hasn't been as good so far as he could have been. Because, dude, his, he, he's all, my God, that recruiting class is going to haunt me for fucking ever, dude. Oh, brutal. Um, anyway, so what do you want to say I do in the transfer market, if anything? Um, so I, I have three guys on my on my radar. They were. Um, and Justin Turner. Okay, who we got? Uh, all right. Sorry, what? Who we got? So we got uh, Justin Turner from Bowling Green State. Uh, he is right now the number one grad transfer. He, today, about an hour ago, he announced his top six. Xavier has made it. Um, we are in his top six. That's good. And uh, the other teams include. Let's see, one second. I had I had it written down. <laughs> Do your homework. <laughs> and so um, there's Missouri, Xavier, Marquette, Arkansas, Louisville, and Iowa State. That was in top. But okay. Uh, and we, we definitely got some competition. I mean, obviously, I mean, we got Louisville down there, who's I mean, a, a bigger brand. I mean, they're that's more that's 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 program. Well, that's if we can take him from Max, that'd be awesome. Yeah, just do a stupid-ass dance with John Brandon. I'm not scared of that fucking that bullshit. 
That video is so weird, by the way. So, think of it. Well, you know, now they would schmooze it up with brain. Have they been begging for oh. a while? Uh, yeah, it sounds like that, I mean, they're, both, they're both around here. Their daughter's oh. the same age. They, well, they, they have been friends. Fucking nice. Right. Oh. I'm not going to lie, I laughed a little bit. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Chris, man. Let's move on. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, he's a 6'4 he's guard. He's a combo guard. He can play. Like, he can bring the ball, but we'll give Paul an opportunity to play off the ball where he is better. I so think that's, that's, I think that's what they're Limited yeah. turnovers. And yeah. the biggest thing um, Justin Turner brings is he can score from all three levels. He can uh, shoot. He can shoot off the dribble, which we did like we we haven't seen in a couple of years. We had none of that, dude. Since Trayvon Blue, and none of that. Exactly. Like, you got a quick trigger as well. But like, he's a very finish strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm Fucking. I, I, he, he's my he's my number one guy. Um, and another another guy I like to see us bring in to help spread the floor is Alex O'Connell. Oh, um, he did not have a good year at all last year. We have not had like <laughs> people probably like people may be able to bring up some some of those dirt on on me, but I mean I said that Alex O'Connell has the most punchable face in America. We need a guy like that. We, we, we have do. a guy like we that. We need to be sure about dude. That guy did a decent job. Uh, he, he he filled in the role not not so bad. But uh, I, I think we I think we need Hanky was off for that role. Dude, Hanky was off. Dude, Hanky was. Super underrated, super fun. But uh, I'm, I'm all in on the douchey white guy. Oh, like we need a punchable face. We need someone to describe. We gotta have at least one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We gotta have uh, at least that one asshole white guy that everybody describes <laughs> <hates, laughs> on it and has. That's what the programmers are getting. Right here, right here, fucking up gas and shit. We just need a punchable white guy. <laughs> 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 Jason Carter is not that. No, Jason Carter's not punchable at all. If anything, he's the opposite. <laughs> he's, a, he's a teddy bear. He's huggable. I love, exactly. I love him. And he's great, but he's not, he's not Jason McCure. We need a Jason McCure. <laughs> we absolutely need a Jason McCure. We will exactly. always, always be talking about Jason McCure and how bad we want to There will never be another Jason McCure. I hate to say that. And I'm going to be one of the most loud. Like, no one can replace him, and we know that. We just need someone to fill that type of role. Yeah, exactly. But no one can do it as well as Jason McCure. But, but he literally triggered people just by existing. A man can still hustle. We, we, can, we can always hope, and there, there certainly is hope for getting people like that. Come on, Jason McCure will go down in history as the greatest asshole we've ever had. And he's actually a good dude as well. He really is a good guy. And that's all the court. That's the way that I think we both treat winners. It's like, that's JP mentality. He's actually a good dude, but he's just having fun, dude. Like, it's fucking basketball. It's fucking Twitter. Like, let's have fun and fuck around. Like, we're not that We're playing a game. Don't take it seriously. People think it's like a asshole. He's just fucking around. Like, 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 Oh my god! So Have you heard that story from uh, Chad Brendel? I think they did a post. Um, that was that's my favorite shoot out of all time, by the way. That shoot out was so funny. Um, Chad, Chad Brendel was chilling in the tunnel after that game, and obviously all the shit went that went down with Nick, and then the next guy made their way back. And he said that when JP like turned the corner to walk into the tunnel, he had just the biggest grin on his face, like <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest shooting and grin, like bro, like he like. 
accomplish his like number one goal. Like oh, imagine one game, dude, imagine a 23-year-old and getting a 46-year-old trying to fight you, dude. Like, oh my god, he's got a 24-year-old and wanting to fight him, wanting to get in his face. I needed security. He's a fucking. He's a fucking. <laughs> and then he just fucking smiled. I was just like, yeah, I did. I love him. And we fucking won. I love him so. Much. That game was so fun. Oh my god, it, it was a very fun day. That's I, fun. I was very drunk and I had to go. I had to sober up real quick to go coach a game. Yeah, I, I was well on the highlights that day. So fun. You had the always classic like. Karen Cantor, who had hit, like, two threes all season during, like, three, and all the fucking you see after pitching, dude, like, it's, remember, like, James it's Barnes, like, we're, there's always a guy who's, like, who goes off, but normally doesn't go off, and they always bitch, and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, my God, and of course, we have those games against us as well, but it's very fun when it's on your side. Like, I just love the excuses. Like, you see, just love to make excuses. Like, when in reality, you're just leaving fucking D1 college players wide the fuck open. And then you want to make excuses, like, well, he's never fucking hit three. That's just people who guard him, you jackass. Like, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. Oh, my God. I miss Nick Cousins so much. Fuck it. I'm not too. It's in quarantine. got to be my feelings, dude. <laughs> dude, I am so bored. I'm so bored, bro. I'm not here making fucking my heart will go on videos with fucking Garrett Cumberland shooting full court shots. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you're how handling the quarantine, so I'm bored out of my fucking mind. <laughs> I'm playing a lot of Wii. Uh, <laughs> Wii being up and active, and it, it has something to do with sports. So, well, 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 what's, your, what's your quarantine flow? Well, well, Wii Sports Resort, what are we getting into over there? But, um, really, what I've been doing, I mean, I've been, I've been in class, so I'm, I'm going to be a high, a high media school. So, uh, yeah. I've been, but it's, man, I fucking love it, dude. It's, that's it. It's all hands-on, although it's all webcam right now. But it's I, Ooh. professors are awesome. Learning, learning from great new stuff about uh, being on the radio. And I actually just uh, one of my classes is a podcast class. And I was gonna say, bro. I feel like, I feel like you're a natural with this. I was gonna say. Getting practice reps on me. Oh, for sure. And like, uh, I de- I debuted my episode last night, and uh, really? and I'm doing the I'm doing this. Uh, tonight, today. You want to give us a plug? But what's what's your what's your pod, bro? Like, what, what's the subject matter? So I mean, it, it is all it's just general sports. And it's called the Basement Benchwarmers. It is okay. that a buddy of mine have it has like we've been talking about for a couple of years. Um, and this is a perfect opportunity having a little podcast class. Um, it's that's awesome. Uh, it's an opportunity to get it started, and I think I I haven't talked to him about joining me. Um, but uh, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if he gets the time, he gets to join me here in the, in the I've future. Had, I've had several conversations with my buddy. We've been talking about doing a sports podcast for years and uh, never pulled the trigger. He he actually does one of the Broncos. I do obviously. I've done two episodes for the first or whatever, but um, that's so fun, dude. That, that sounds like the dopest class ever, dude. Like, you get the mega sports podcast and get class credit. That's dope as shit. Right. Like, it was just a 10 minute in- uh, video on Instagram Live, but I was loving it. I was having so much fun interacting <laughs> with it. So I, I'm, I'm excited to actually make that legit. And hopefully, after I graduate, uh, the school can use their studios to record and keep that going. Dude, that's fucking sick. Otherwise, that's I'll just get an at home one. I'm glad to hear you're uh, finally way to stay busy, man, because it's fucking boring. 
But, uh, but it's, it's probably awful. Another plug, though, dude, that will, that will not be born today at fucking 6 o'clock Eastern. We've got the, uh, the Crawford's got a hurry again. I, I, I was actually going to bring that up toward the end if, if you didn't. Um, 6 yeah. o'clock on CBS Sports Network. I have it recorded. Um, I'll, I'll, I have it set to record, so. It's going down. Yeah. And we get to talk to Jordan Crawford. Did you see Jordan Crawford up there? Yeah, I have not. I, I'm not seen enough Jordan Crawford highlights. I, I'm just watching him play. He was soft, pure, short, and he was acrobat up there too. Dude, his body control is insane. That that skate against Minnesota. Oh my god! I know, I exactly what I was saying. Yeah, dude, beautiful. Just just, he's literally brought down to his knees. Oh, and like moving oh. away from the basket and had the softest. Like he just kissed it off the glass. Dude, I'm fucking wet right now, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> that shot was fucking insane. <laughs> He's so grateful, dude. It's just pure fuckery emotion. I, I wish we would have gotten him for more time, but. I, it just sucks how good this game is because it's like one of the best video games of all time and we fucking lose, dude. Like, I know. It's just crazy like, how much perceptions change on it. I remember me and my brother watching this game in 2010, so I was like probably 17, 17 16, 17, whatever. And we are just freaking the fuck out the whole time. Like, I don't know about you, bro, but like, pretty much one top of tournament, like, start, or like, pretty much, like, 40% of the game, or actually, 70% of the game every year. I don't sit the whole time. Even if I'm watching TV, like, I do not sit, you know? And since a little bit I've gotten older, but especially when I was younger, me and my brother would stand out of five years five years younger. So, um, we stand the whole time. We have, like, a full couch and shit, throwing them at the TV, like, Freaking the fuck out, losing our fucking shit. I think we broke like three lamps that night. But, like took them all the crazy ass shots, dude. Like I, my mom's the MVP for dealing with that shit. We were losing our goddamn mind. I literally flipped over the couch after the door got a, got a hurry. Um, <laughs> and, um, that was like, yeah, that's how hard that whole game. Like, like it made me feel for the um. Remember that six overtime? The, the Connecticut, yeah, Barry News, I think. Barry News, Connecticut, the whole thing. Like, that makes you feel for those dudes because really that was two overtimes. And I was like, I remember that game ending, I was fucking gassed, dude. Like, six minutes ago, like, I was exhausted. I was like, oh, God. I pulled it out. Oh, a brutal way to lose. But it's such a phenomenal game, dude. Like, and then it was Justin Johnson just puts it over the top. Like, Gus Johnson, like, he is Jesus to me. Like, for someone who wants to be a play by play guy, and that is what I can't beat it, dude. How to be like he's I aspire to be a poor man, Gus Johnson. He makes any moment exciting, and like dude. I want I would watch anything. Dude, if the Ocho hired Gus Johnson, their ratings would go up 500. Oh my, I would watch Marvel racing. <laughs> Gus Johnson commentating. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's one thing that makes Mark Madden so cool. At one of the Five million things which is so cool. I feel like all the announcers are good. Like every single okay, really, I think really, really I think really it's good. like I just think it's a little bit of robbery that uh, Fox won't get like a three week leeway to see the effort to have Dutch on and Raph. Right. But it, it's not that we have bad announcers. I mean it is such an exciting time and the and the announcers like they honestly they they're, they're a big reason why it's so exciting. Like, dude, without without like when I'm watching highlights, then I watch like a big tournament game or like an NCAA tournament highlight. It's such a different like feel than like when I watch a highlight of, like a you know, was 
preseason game against whoever the fuck, you know? Right, like, I mean, like, there, there are certain regular season games that just, they have the March Madness feel, but, like, it, it's not, like, I would, I'd watch a highlight of Xavier playing, Xavier's a 3 seed playing a 14 seed Morgan State, right? Over playing Missouri in November. Exactly. Like, dude, I would it, watch every play. It changes the field so much, dude. It does. Uh, I've seen that, uh, seen that, that, that CBS um, a scoreboard on the bottom here. Like, I know. There's a neutral floor, that neutral entry to play the floor. The intro happened. The CBS oh. music. Just, that, that, that music brings tear to my eye. Like, I want to play to my legs. Oh, my God. So it's, it's a whole. It's, there's nothing like it, man. You're on a march alone. With all the feelings that come inside, bro, with all the music and the announcers and just going on a run like that, bro. Like, it's, it's literally, I'm sure you remember too, all, all of our deep runs, bro. There's definitely like a, you can remember the way you felt you know, during those games and, you know, the people you were with. And it, it's fucking magic, dude. Like, there, there's nothing like that for there, there, there are two games that I will never forget how I watched it. Where I watched him, who I was with. And that is the Kansas State game, the Crawford got a hurry game. Oh my god. We lost. Like, I will never forget being, it was like 11 o'clock at night. My mom doesn't sleep at like 9 o'clock. So um, my dad and I were in the, my dad and I were in the living room. He let us stay up past that bedtime. That so boy. I watched that because um, I, I was still in like junior high at that point. Right. Um, so uh, we had to. Um, we, like, I remember when Crawford hit that shot, like, my, my dad was, like, kind of, throughout the entire game, was kind of, like, reminding us to stay quiet, like, yep, here, you get excited, uh, but stay quiet. All I hope was when he hit that shot. I ran back <laughs> around my house. <laughs> I got to go around the wall. That shit was fucking insane, bro. He shot that shit from, like, 35 fucking feet. <laughs> I was like, oh, my, why the fuck are you shooting that? Oh, my God. That is good. And, and then that was like a two holidays. That was funny, too, man. Two holidays. It was nasty, actually. Two holidays. Oh, my God. Two holidays. One of my favorite of all time. I will, I, I will love you two holidays to the day I die. Like, he was one that made me truly, like, love, love basketball. Like, I, I always loved it, but, like, like well, seeing, seeing him play, like, I want to do that. Like I, yeah. like, he's what made me like work harder to become a better basketball player when I was younger. So, he was born Yeah. Like, Thank God for talking to me. Please, just do all of it. Just do that. Oh my God! It's a joy to watch him. Tough as nails. And like, and he he was never afraid. Like, he was never too big. I felt so comfortable when he had the ball. Like yeah. He was either going to find find someone for another shot or hit another shot. He would just be perfect point guard, though. He made, what, like 130 in a row? Dude, he was the perfect point guard. Yeah, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Like, I remember seeing his first match in, like, a year. I'm like, I, I don't know what I just saw. Like, yeah, he <laughs> never, his junior senior year, he never, he missed the line. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it was okay. it was like it was like rocket Texas or something. And I'll actually use uh that um free talk right there as a leeway into the third guy I want Xavier to target. Wow, nice circle back, my dude. Like that like that that came perfectly. 
His name's Rich Kelly, a six one one seventy five point guard out of Quinnipiac. He's described me. He's little, but he's got a quick trigger. He shot forty percent from three. He shot next close to ninety six percent from the free throw line. You know, that's an average of seventeen points a game. That's a, he's a good favorite fan base already. <laughs> like, I mean, for a team, we struggled so poorly with our free throws down the stretch. That bringing a guy that shoots 96% and his, let me tell you, his shot is pure. Quick release. It's all smooth. He can shoot off the dribble. He's got limitless range. Like, I mean, he's not going to come in and score 17 points a game in the Big East, but he will help us spread the point. We may be lacking a little bit on defense. So, uh, like, got, like he, he'd be a, a great matchup guy, but okay. coming in, have, have him come in and fill that Brad Redford role, and we all love Brad Redford to that. Right. No, he'd be a very, very similar guy, and he can, he's, not, he's not afraid to drive the lane. He will never shy away from contact. There's a, I was watching a little bit of, of his highlights, and he goes right into a 6 10 center, drew the foul, and he, he knows he's getting those shot, the foul shots. So, like he's yeah. never afraid to drive that lane. And he can't finish. I fuck that. So, Rich Kelly had a point of attack. I, I, do, I really want David to talk to him. You did good, good, good fucking homework, my man. <laughs> bring it to the Bring it to a low ball podcast. We'll be out of 12. I get on you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> those 12 people are going to get educated. Yeah, nice work, my man. Nice work. Well, I think we mostly do the most part covered it. Um, the only thing I was going to ask about was if you're down to the 90s throwback or not. Uh, I'm sorry, say it again? Are you down to the 90s throwback you need to know? A 90s throwback, like, I'm old at X. Like, I, mean, I was born in 94, so I really didn't get to experience like, the jerseys, yeah. but like, seeing things, I am totally down for that. Like, Dude, going, yeah. going back, first like, I was probably seven or eight when James Foley was playing, and I remember those First games I can remember with James Posey. I remember those. They, they got to be the gray ones in my opinion. Got to be the gray Reebok. Oh, yeah. I remember loving those uniforms, too. Uh, you're talking about the ones that are, like, uh, cozy ones. Um, we will yeah, they got the, the, too, the right? on the, They got the X going on in the waistband. They got, like, the one shot on the one side. The other side just has a big X on, on the side on the side or whatever. And it's like the, the font has, like, this huge X that, like, kind of cascades a little bit. Like to all that's an all-time classic. As a running man, I go to absolutely win the, win the hearts of Xavier Nation. I mean, we could have eight uniforms next year. Dude, uh, I believe that's a good place, and I'm not being – I don't feel like I'm being that biased. You're going some of the best uniforms in college that. Like, oh, man. So, our uniforms are really, so really do. Our uniforms are so fucking clean. My, my favorite one was the gray one that – um, the two holidays, like two holidays, you're in 2011. Yes. Oh my God. Like the light red is my bed. The light red one? Yes. Yes. Oh, dude, so fucking cool. Dude. Like, I think oh, we were on during, um, like the JP Spirit era before their senior year. We probably did. Uh, I know the, the newer gray ones I'm not a huge fan of. Like they're not the, terrible. Gray, like the white. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not the same. They're not terrible, but they're not great. But as the old, like, blue stripes, light gray, those were super filthy. Iconic. Iconic. Super filthy. Like, 
That was when we finally retired 52, but it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. When we retired 52, that's the jersey I want up there. Oh, I respect that. Dude, he looks good in those grays, man. Oh, he, he, like, he was like the epitome of that gray. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. That means the poster for the gray union. Yeah. Whenever, like, anytime I, like, I, like, post a picture or, like, I'll give an example of those, those uniforms, two hollers to want to put out there. Welcome to Seven Watch I can see what you're seeing right now, bro. I thought the gray uniform was fucking heavy. <laughs> yeah, that is the best. The baggy one from like 2007. <laughs> yeah, 2000. <laughs> yeah, so very good lavender and some blue, man. Oh my god, that uh, was blurry. Supreme, like he just have a keyboard. Those things were fucking insane, man. <laughs> oh my! And I remember like the funny uniform takes so bad. It's like I remember those uniforms were like really basic, and they were just like the stripes down the side or whatever. Um, but dude, the fucking the fit though is so fucking dope. Like, and like it's a, like the fact that we can describe it as an era. Like, exactly. Those, those yeah. are, those were iconic. Literally, an era that wore them were incredible. Yep. In my head, this picture, the picture of Drew Lavender, Sam Burrell, well, DJ Raymond, Weez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all do Weez are so baggy, but he was sick. Same thing that there would be pants on me. Probably a triple X shell, dude. <laughs> Don't ask me what, what his fucking short size was to have him that fucking time in six foot six. I think the audience needs to know. Like, we hey, need to know. It's got to be a triple S belt. Man, he's one of my favorites. Dude, that's fucking love Weed, man. Like, he's so vocal. He's he's all about the X. Him and Darnold Williams. Him and Darnold Williams are like the OG OG. Oh, God, yeah. Like they, and they will set any Zeter fan straight. He's like being a little bit of that to really? a commercial. Like he'll, he'll set them straight. But we need that. Fact, we really like two former players, like, pretty, like they've been through it. They've, they've been this, in this exact situation. They've been through Division One basketball. They know exactly how difficult it is. Listen to them. I think having those broken bodies who are talking about that and they plug in are, are key, man, because they, they remind us. Like, I love that about Dark too. I feel like it reminds the kids, like, about what it was like playing in shit field house and having no friends. Oh my God. Having old shitty weights. Dude, our, our current players are so spoiled with facilities, bro. And like, there's a, that's a reason for every locker room we've got. But dude, the locker room's insane. Dude, I remember looking at, um, I, I'm looking at pictures of Sidoff and like, I remember what it all looked like when it was built and it was in, it's always been a nice arena, but dude, they've done such a good job renovating the building. It's like, like a brand new locker room. Like, it's one of the best facilities in the country, dude. It, it, it's, like, it, it is really helping with it. It is really helping with hurting. It's making a whole, like, feel like it feels like a legitimate major basketball right now. Like, no, like it, it's a, and it's, it's like not too big. I mean, I've been inside, like, the Young Center, and, I mean, if that place isn't built up, it's quiet. But, like, right. the Young Center is it's a <laughs> It is, it is a phenomenal facility. I, I would not trade it for the for the world. Dude, it's perfect, bro. We don't need more seats. We don't. Dude, it's perfect for what it is. It's fucking perfect. And like, there's, there's even plenty of standing room. Like, like people just people, and with, with that beer deck up up top. Yeah. Like people with more than half, they're not gonna complain about standing up there watching a basketball game with the crap beer. Dude, I mean, it's such a good atmosphere, bro. It's fucking it's fucking incredible. I can well, as 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 get everybody hyped again. 
dude, I know. I'm just all the old people. It's literally fucking crazy. Right. I, I, I'm going to say, like, I, I, was, I sat in the lower bowl a couple times last year. I hated it. God, dude. Just a fucking old bitch. Fuck, dude. God, they're so fucking annoying. Why can't they all be like Danny Sue? <laughs> I know. They need it. Or Danny Sue. I know. I wish they were. They're old fucking pieces of shit. I'm going to call it it. <laughs> you might get a couple class out of them, but you're getting no action. Right, and I want people. I want everybody standing. I want everybody. Yeah, bro. Down, no matter what age you are, we need a Dave Twitter session, bro. We've got our fucking like. Have you ever played a Patriots game? A, a Patriots team? Yeah, like, no Patriots. Anything else? Patriots? Oh, Patriots. Yeah. I've been to one Patriots game. It was actually with Leighton uh, and his dad. They got that off. Leighton Strain. Yeah. You play. You know a Patriots game with Leighton Strain. Yeah, um, my brother and him played A together. You're gonna come on my podcast and flex like that? <laughs> You're gonna come on my podcast and fucking name drop Lady Strand? Are you kidding me right now? Uh, I, I am. I am. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm totally fucking. That's fucking hilarious. That's awesome. Can you tell me your story about your favorite thing with Lady Strand, please? Okay. Um, you hear about Lady Strand? <laughs> so I mean, uh. And I'm also going a little bit about Clayton Trent after this story. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the kid. I just, I couldn't tell. Do I make that obvious with you? <laughs> well, you love Clayton Trent. <laughs> man, boy. I mean, oh, man, like, retired ten. Oh, dude, yeah, dude. He's the fucking dead. He's, good. he's legit really fucking good, though. Like, he would, he would mock anybody. Like any regular person, he would fucking mock. Exactly. Like, and uh, like, well, I watched him since the second grade. Uh, and yeah. even in the second grade, he was hitting threes. And like, he was hitting where, where a college three is that he was hitting them. Like, and this is the second grader out there. And he's a very, very smart basketball player. He could have played at any D two or D three. Right. When I found out, like he was accepting a preferred walk-on to Vegas, I had the biggest smile on my face because he's such an easy kid to root for, and he's like he's he's only because he was the coach top collegiately, and that is just like learning under Mac and then eventually under Travis Hill. Like that, that was such an incredible decision, and any any program that's looking for a grad assistant. To give my dude the call because he has mm-hmm. such a smart basketball mind, like and that's like, awesome. that, that comes from the dad too. Like the dad is, a, is an incredible coach. I mean, like, it was like talking basketball. My family is uh, it's, it's a treat. That's awesome. And they they actually like I was watching that uh, the, remember the Greg and uh, number thirty two game? Of course. And no, no one no one forgets. I was watching that. Uh, with my brother's AAU team in a, in a hotel room in Lexington. Whoa. And, I mean, uh, Lake was an Ohio State fan back then, if I remember oh. correctly. Yeah, so he, he, did, he did grow up wearing OSU gear. That, is, that has changed now. Um, but I just watched it. And, let's see, that was 2007. So they were, like, fourth grade, fourth grade at that time. I was in the... I was in the so the third or fourth down to the pitch of that grade. Yeah. And uh, just watching that, like, they're uh, taking out strategies. Like, he was, like, nine years old. And telling tell, tell me strategies, like, teaching me things. 
And I, was, I was like 12 years old. He was teaching me like about strategy, uh, like emotion, offense, and he was he was recognizing things that I never would have thought of. Yeah, like, he's got an incredible basketball. I was I was so impressed. Just and then to, to be drastically disappointed. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, it's kind of like a basketball fan that's just on a whole other level. Like, just eat, sleep, and breathe it from the day you're born. Oh, God, yeah. Like, that, that, that family does. And, like, yeah, that's about it. You ball. Some of those fans are insane. Like, I put, uh, you know, Josh Jackson, a NBA player, played in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I was I played with him for a couple of years, and his family was just fucking insane. All those, <laughs> all those families, they just eat, sleep, and breathe it 24-7, do dude. It's fucking wild. It's oh, absolutely wild. Like, and I've been playing basketball since I was three. I mean, my dad put a little court in the backyard, and I was watching the game as a, as a toddler. But, uh, man, some of these some of these crazy basketball families, man. Well, a couple of guys that played this play D1, yeah, it's just the way that their families approach it. You know, a lot of them were, were D1 you know, athletes as well. It's just fucking wild. Oh, oh, for sure. And, uh, like, the, honestly, the D-Comet D1 basketball player has to eat like three basketball. Exactly. Like, um, and like they, there are guys that they go out and they they, they play their morning game, and after that they come and they come back home and shoot 100 free throws. Like they, mm-hmm. they shoot another five hours. Uh, yeah, actually, one of, a guy I played with in high school, my senior year, he was an eighth grader, and like he's an absolute prodigy. Xavier actually recruited him a little bit. Um, they, they offered him uh, when he was a freshman in high school. Um, he was Colvin Handorf. He elected to go. Um, he he declined the offers from. Uh, Xavier UC or and Pat Kelsey at Winthrop and um, plays D2 at Fairmont State. That kid was out. Uh, he, he was in the backyard every single day, like from lunchtime to dinner time, every, like even in the summer. So he, yeah. he, he plays and breathes basketball. That's the distance it takes, man. Their family was absolutely insane. That's cool spot. Cool spot. But what I was going to say on Pacers games, though, is they have, like, a crazy, like, section. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we get, like, a, a crazy Twitter section in the in the top. Like, I, I think we need to. You, like, like, like I'm, a, I'm a free man. I have four more days on back to duty, man. Like, I'm almost done. I don't think I'm almost just a fucking ape shit for the year. I don't have season tickets every year for the rest of my life now. Like, after five years, not being able to go to games normally. Um, you know, like, yeah, before the season, uh, I would go to at least probably eight to ten home games a year, if not more. Um, so it, I, I can't wait to come back and, and be. Dude, but I would fucking love to fucking get like a solid section of fucking hype, dude. Like the fucking Twitter hype. Like, I'm, like, put that out there. Like, um, yeah, what, what, what section? What, what, what section would you want to put it in? I mean, would it be basketball or blah blah? I'm down to upper bullet, bro. I'm down to upper bullet, bro. Like, fucking, oh, I'll be fucking lower bullet. Fuck the elite, dude. Like, I'm just, I mean, if we can afford it, like, I'm a young game. I'm like, everyone would want to do that. But what, what kind of gig interest, bro? It's something we're actually going to, like, legit try to do next year. Get a, get a group of people that are going to, like, bring some real atmosphere to the fucking stadium. Oh, God. Like, be, sc- be screaming, hollering, yelling. Yeah, just, just like, having a good time at a lot of atmosphere. Dude. Yeah, exactly. We need some atmosphere because I was at the Marquette game this past year. And, like, I mean, we're playing, like, we're playing one of the best scores in the country. And, I mean, I'm Gonna call it the student section a little bit, but they're quiet. I just standing yeah. there. Yeah, how about shit go? Like I know, like it wasn't everybody. Like the people, even people in the front row, they were just the extreme fans. They're just standing there. We're in a five-point game. game. I can get it. We're playing IPFW. Yeah, I can understand that a little bit. But if we're playing, if we're a big team, we, we 
good this year, too. Like, there's a, there's a atmosphere. I mean, come on. The atmosphere's got to be good. And whatever. So. It has to be. And especially when we have recruits in the building. So, I challenge Xavier Nation, start, like, starting October next year, uh, November next year, sorry, get my fuck um, mixed up. I did pass third grade, believe it or not. <laughs> Start <laughs> November. Every game. We gotta get out. We gotta be hyped. We gotta yeah, sure. bring these guys over. Whoop your head, dude. That'll help. Whoop your head on Twitter. If you can get closer, we'll start to your head at Nick's plan. We'll uh we'll get Danny Stu, we'll 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 the big fish, we'll get some some retired fifty stew in there and we'll uh we'll get the we'll get the people hyped and we'll get a good section going. That shit will be so it'll fucking lit, dude. It'll it'll be so much fun. And um, like to be able to kind of connect with people on Twitter too, to kind of make it more personable. And so to say it again, it'd be kind of cool to connect all people on Twitter and kind of make it more like you know, kind of pick it off with just the uh, the internet, you know, and bring it in real life. Oh, yeah. really We've been talking about that for a while, and you know, we have that. Now that you kind of get me, you, you have um, um, kind of know the most people and would get the most, get going the most likely. So uh, the fact that you're coming back, we'll be able to get this get this shit rolling. Yeah, and we already have a fairly solid group of people. I've been in the last five years, I've gone to maybe like a total of like six games. Fucking horrible. Fucking horrible. How do you fucking live? This is my first year. That was taking for a while. You have no idea, bro. When I was underway, like the last three months or whatever it was, like missing games, bro, I was losing my fucking mind. Because before this, I've been on short years and stuff. And when I had, like, one or whatever, they weren't in the middle of the season. They were, like, going, like, the summer. Um, dude, missing games, bro, was fucking miserable, dude. Dude, oh. I fucking know. Obviously not to the point that you that um you, you had to experience this year, but, like, my, um, the team I coach, we played 50 games a year. And I missed a ton. Like, I missed the yeah. first half of the Villanova game because we got a tournament. Uh, and somehow um, we ended up playing a Big East game on Monday night. Yep, I, I I missed I missed the first half of that game and I didn't leave the gym for another hour because I was watching the dressing in my phone. Dude, it fucking sucks, dude. It's, it's awful. I but I cannot stand missing Xavier games. No, it doesn't happen, bro. So what do we get? The more like we're still kind of paying our dues. We're still young dudes. We're in our twenties. We're still kind of paying our dues. But when we get older, we are able to like control our environment a little bit more. Xavier games will be sacred, like. <laughs> there are season seven. tickets every year. Like that's the there first purchase of the year. Three hours, yes. Season tickets and those three hours are set aside. Do not call me. Do not bother me. Unless we're my money. Like those three hours do not bother me. Thirty games a year. That's it. That's just unbothered time. I'm unreachable. That's literally it. Other than that, whatever. These thirty games do not bother me. But do not like. I swear, like I will, I'll give you, I'll give you all the attention mm-hmm. afterwards. Like yeah. before, after, like by six thirty <laughs> Wednesday night, I need you two and a half hours. I you think these are not friends with Alan. Not having. Oh, you have to watch it, bro. Cause it's like not too bad for basketball, bro. Like the concept of the movie is you get Drew Barrymore like in the winter when baseball season's not on, and you just die on Red Sox fans. And just like the relationship changes when Red Sox season starts, he's a fucking lunatic for Red Sox baseball. And it's like, so it's the most relatable thing in the world <laughs> for Xavier fans. <laughs> it's so fucking funny, though. Like, oh my god. Amazing. It's a must watch. It's a must watch. It's so good. 
Oh, that, that's, that's hysterical. Yeah, you have to watch that in quarantine. Yeah, you'll relate to it a lot. <laughs> it's so funny. And then, like, he has this moment where he's like, you know the Bills, the, the Buckner game, the, the Red Sox, the Red Sox game, like, yeah, like, like, always posts that shit on Twitter with, like, he's just he's sitting in his room watching the Buckner game. Like, he breaks up to the girl and he's all depressed. And he's just in his fucking room, just, like, on repeat, just watching the Buckner play.
stopped being on Twitter for that long, man. Like, I mean, there was nothing I could really do. I'm stuck on the boat. Still fucking yeah, you're, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, well, somebody even asked, like, is Cat still here? Like, I mean, he's just... I know. In the middle of 46. Normally, I eat, sleep, and breathe, and I'm tweeting fucking 50 times a day, so it's probably really weird to you sleep, like, two times a month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's after 4 in the morning. Yeah, exactly, but it was, we were 17 hours behind, so, like, but it was, like, but it was, like, I think, I think when I woke up in the morning at 7 o'clock, it was, like, uh, like, 10 o'clock at night, or something like that, so, like, it was completely way off, so, like, when I was on the internet, that was nice, dude, my whole schedule was fucked up, so, <laughs> yeah, dude, so, dude, I, dude, I can't sleep right now, but, like, I have not been able to sleep, I had a 30-hour flight all the way back home, like, 30 hours of travel, um, that's why I think I've grown around all over Asia and shit. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I literally cannot sleep right now. I'm getting, like, two hours a night, and I'm like, I'm still in that mode, but it's all good, bro. <laughs> but uh, that's all over. I'm coming back to Cincinnati, and I'll be, uh, fucking having some Skyline and showing that fucking, dude, I, I can't fucking wait to do Cincinnati shit again, man. I'm so fucking, I'm so fucking happy. When this quarantine's over, we'll go get some skylights. So we go to Dana's. I don't get get a good trip to Dana's, and Dana's is gonna be packing after. Dude, the homecoming tour. Homecoming tour is gonna be fucking lit, man. It's gonna be so fun. I'm excited to make it like a uh, like an annual tradition, bro. Just going to games and having a fun time. We have a great Twitter community too, so I'm really looking forward to connecting with everybody. And, oh yeah, and, and it's really cool. I really want to go see some uh, some of the Twitter people out out of the I, I gotta make it happen. Meet any of them. We gotta make it happen. I haven't met any of them yet, and that needs to change. Like, I should watch a football game, go to beat up or something, and have a good time, whatever. Yeah, we we gotta make that happen. We we gotta get together and like talk some hoops, talk some sports in general. No question. We gotta get this done. Dude, it's so cool being out of the fans, bro, because it's like. Like, because I've been living away from Cincinnati for five years, and uh, if I as you like, learn about a cat or something, I freak out, dude. Like, <laughs> like and I like thought three like really cool moments where like I'll see a Xavier hat or Xavier like shirt, and it's like holy shit! And I'm almost always dressed Xavier shit, so like have a moment. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I fucking I see them probably like out in California. That'd be dude. Yeah, and even on Xavier. And it's funny too, like it was a big thing. Like I saw like crazy shit, so I'll see like some random like the Paul shirt and all the moments stop up the Big East and whatever. So it's, it's cool. That's the best part about the Big East. I know. Uh, we really are a community and a camaraderie. I, I, I see a yep. great shirt on Marquette shirt. Like I'll talk to Big East hoops with you. Like, I love the Big East. I thought he was conference, man. It's not that we're losing guys as much as they fucking piss me off. It's such a losing guys like Miles Brown, Kamar Baldwin. They cause me so much pain, but I, know. Like, I love watching them play. Yeah, Mark <laughs> Howard as well. God, it's just good basketball, dude. It's just good basketball. But just, there's not one team in the whole league, even the ball, a complete like, rollover. Like, they're all quality basketball teams, all quality basketball programs. It's just a good brand of hoops, too, man. It's, it's, Entertaining. It's not an entertaining brand of basketball. It is. I, I love the fact that it's down low. All right. It's, it's a fight in the paint. And then every time you hit a three, it's exciting because, like, that could be a game changer. And you've got a lot of like, passing styles. A lot of good offenses. That's 
offense and Marquette. You've got the, the ping pong uh, ball movement in Cordova. You've got oh, God, you know, like your, your rough teams, like your Butlers, um, and now St. John's has to get a head coach. Yeah, it, it, I'm excited to see what Mike Anderson does. I mean, he, I, he's such a great design. He's funny. Uh, he, he's a hell of an upgrade for Chris Mullen. Yeah, oh, and I, I love that he was a joke and so funny, but he was terrible. Yeah. When, when they fired him, I'm like, thank God, because he was really old. Like, he honestly he's back in the They had to fucking have to go. Like, remember that backwards, like, the vet and fucking, um, oh, God,
and Miles Bridges made a certain play or whatever. And then he started literally talking about his favorite bridges for five fucking minutes. Like, oh, my this bridge. An excellent bridge. So I'm just like, shut up. So what kind of shit is that? Oh, my God. Like, stay back for your stupid-ass podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, but, oh, but beautiful. That's what makes, makes college basketball so fun, though, with all the different personalities and shit. But it, it, there, there are some incredible personalities out there. Now, my dream scenario, though, is getting drunk and watching Nick Cronin and Sean Miller go at it with Bill Walton Housing. Now, that's like my dream. Dude, oh, my, I'm top oh, here for that. Feet. Oh, oh my God. I'll, for, I'll tell you for that. Dude, I will tell you my driveway. You can't let my hair go again. Were they good with you? Um, so actually, I, I give credit where credit is due. UCLA really was not bad this year. They, they started out terrible, though, didn't they? They, they did. They, they lost. They lost to like Hofstra or someone. Yeah, and they had a real bad loss. They were really bad. But I was like, Nick Cronin kind of turned them around. Yeah, right? they huge. Like, didn't they win like six, seven straight in the Pac-12? Yeah, the, the game they won the Pac-12. Jesus. But like, I don't know if they turned into a crowd somehow. I haven't picked the stand from Nick Cronin. I'm just glad he's still a fan. <laughs> right? I miss him so much, though, dude. God, he's so funny. <laughs> and it's, it's like, so different, like, because he was, like, the epitome of, like, Everything. what we saw in UC basketball. Like, Everything. He was perfect. So much. He was perfect, though. Like, the perfect thing. He was a better UC coach in a factory, though. Like, he was literally <laughs> perfect. Oh, like, yeah, like, like the, the little man syndrome. The fact that, you know, like, you can interview the fucking abuses, the fucking temper tantrums, bro. He was the best. Blame show his players. Talking about Benadryl after you lose the biggest game. He's the best, man. I was so pissed, like, when he left and then they hired John Brandon. Because I'm a big John Brandon guy. I like him a lot. I just I met him a couple times. Like, I've met him a couple of times. I've met, I've, I've met his daughter. I was actually uh, yeah. um, shooting around with his daughters a, um, a couple of months ago. Uh, it, was and, like, it was a shame to bring in a non-able GC coach. Right. Like, like, do we have a likable guy who's actually probably going to do a very good job? It's honestly good for the rivalry, though. It like, is good for the rivalry. I wanted to be someone like Frank Martin. I, I wanted to be like a Huggins Tree guy. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, Frank Martin would have been great. I would like Nick Van Exel. Yes, dude. I, yeah, I would love Nick Van Exel. Oh, that was he was awesome. pissed when he didn't get it. I know. He was so. There were a lot of people that are mad about the, the hiring. Yeah, Taylor being one of them. Dude, that's so funny. They just sent off Taylor. Let me give him an F plus. Oh, yes, he just got like an F plus. What the fuck is that? Oh, that's. I got <laughs> it's what he got in, in his biometrics class. Sounds about right. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> that's fucking great. All right, but before we go on all day, actually, uh, actually, I call my dad and uh, just move on today. But um, dude, awesome talk to you though. I feel like we could do this for hours. Oh, for sure. We we just did, and we can probably go for more. Exactly. Uh, I know that we have a lot more more in store. <laughs> well, absolutely. I really appreciate you inviting me on. And it was, it was an absolute blast. I'd love to do it again sometime if we're given the opportunity. And Dude, let's, let's go next, baby. 
Just wanted to give a quick shout out to Andy Piccarillo for coming on and chopping it up with me on this podcast for an hour and a half. Really appreciate it. It was really fun. Hope you do it again. Uh, also, a shout out to the coronavirus giving me the time to do this. And uh, Xavier Nation, hope you have a good day. Let's enjoy some some Jordan Crawford memories and two Holloway. And I hope you have a great day. Zip them up, baby.